someday Doug will get the hang of turning a microphone on and pressing the record button. You know, I mean, besides those two things, I think you did everything else pretty well. <laughs> well, thank you. As long as, as long as this is working, I will take what I can get. Welcome to BitFaced, a very, very, very spoilery episode of BitFaced. I'm going to put it right out there right now. If you have not seen Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, you do not want to listen any further in this episode because Doug and I are going to really get into some some territory uh, and some things that need to be discussed about the movie. Anyway, to my left, not today, Tyler Run TRG Glaze, but across from me, DC Comics expert and one of my best friends, Doug Wand. Uh, welcome to BitFace, Doug. Great to be here again. Excellent. So let's jump right in. Um, lots of hate on the internet for this movie, but I don't think either one of us, and we saw it together last night, thought it was that bad. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I avoided the, the vitriol because um, I don't like it when my experience is tainted by reviews I've read, so I, I managed to avoid, I think, most of that, but... Uh, caught up a little bit this morning on on what was being said and uh that's exactly i think what we're going to talk about yeah and um i didn't um i read a lot of the hate i didn't get into specifics i didn't want anything spoiled myself but i did have some issues with the movie too but i don't think they completely derailed my enjoyment of the movie my main issue is uh the liberties that Zack snyder took with batman and i mean people can i i haven't read a lot of articles and i agreed that i'd do that after the podcast but Batman was straight up killing people in, in the movie, and that's not normally something we see in the canonized version of the character. Right, but uh, I, I think um, the the world should accept that in the Snyderverse that uh, both both Superman and, and Batman will kill w- when it's necessary. And and Batman killed a lot. Well, there was a lot of people to kill. <laughs> <laughs> ba- Batman killed a lot of people, and there was a. Uh, there were a lot of killing, I guess, in dream sequences as well, where Batman was straight up using handguns to kill people. And uh, in a scene at the end of the movie, I mean, he straight up uses a, one of the guy's guns. While I mean, the criminal's holding it, but Batman straight up shoots the other guy with it. There was a lot of use of guns for a Batman movie. Well, and you can argue that uh, uh, to be an effective vigilante, uh, at some point you're going to have to use a gun, a, a firearm, or, or something that that's not just your your fists, especially when you're going up against a uh, an armed squad of people that that are all carrying uh, weapons. So, uh, to that extent, I think it adds a, a bit of realism. And um, I'm a big fan of Batman. I think you know that, but um, I'm not one of the the fans that have always subscribed to the theory that. Uh, Batman has to play by a certain set of rules. Um, I think that gets a little trite at, at times, um, and I think it's a, a, a trope that that obviously Snyder didn't feel compelled to stick to, and I'm not going to hold it against him. What uh, What did you like about the movie? Let's start there. A uh, lot of things I like. First, first of all, Snyder can nail comic book visuals uh, better than anyone. I, I'd say that he's at the top when you can take a, a frame out of the movie and it looks like a, a panel out of a comic book, and there was... Uh, scene after scene where I thought, God, you know, that just that 
he he captured uh, so many books that that I've seen. Uh, Batman stills uh, different scenes, iconic scenes in, in this movie. And I know we'll talk more about uh, the influences that went into this film in, in particular, but I really liked the visuals. Um, I really liked Ben Affleck. Um, the, the acting uh, as a whole was, was not terrible. It was one of the things I was concerned about, um, Jesse Eisenberg in particular, uh, although I didn't necessarily enjoy his portrayal of Lex Luthor. It was well acted. Um, all three it was well acted. It was a little cocainey. It it was, but if that's how he he wanted to play it or to play it, he he committed and, and he and he stuck to I it. I think I told you last night. He made a choice. There were a lot of choices made in the movie, and that and, and they went full bore with them. Right. I didn't think he was as bad as I thought he would be, but I also didn't think he was great. Yeah. He's a he's a good actor. It's just I guess it was weird for me seeing a universe with an old Batman. And a young Luther, and I guess kind of a middle-aged Superman. I don't know. It did. It didn't mesh with me. But uh, again, it's Snyder's universe, so yeah. That you're right. The the disparity there between Batman's age and, and Luther's age, in particular, I I think uh, can become problematic. It's interesting that they're uh, now contemplating, you know, doing a, a Batman franchise based around a, a post Batman Returns aged Batman, and that. Uh, that I don't think I, I really anticipated because um, that that storylines are always stood apart from uh, whatever w- else was going on in in the Batman books, uh, and now that's going to be the canon cinematic Batman is is old grizzled, uh, bitter, shoots people in the face Batman. So they're not going back in time with the Affleck movies. They're not going to make Affleck younger and and do some stories even through flashback. You know. That's always a possibility. Obviously, we know we're going to get that with Wonder Woman. Um, that period piece, 100 years ago, uh, I don't see any reason why they couldn't do a Batman that was like a, a 20 years earlier kind of story. I'd really like to see the, the Robin storyline play out, which would obviously have to occur in the past. But anytime he's going to be on the screen with all of the other heroes, he's got to be old Batman. No, you're right. I mean, the Justice League Batman, and we basically see... Not as much as I expected, but we see kind of the uh, the pieces put in place for the Justice League on a computer monitor, which I thought was kind of uh, not the way I expected to see all of the characters revealed. Wonder Woman clicking on different pictures. I, I thought that was kind of lazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know that I like that mechanism, but for a, uh, a movie called Dawn of Justice, having Supes, Batman, and, and Wonder Woman was uh, uh, enough, and, and not too much. Wonder Woman was arguably, in my opinion, the best part of the whole movie. I liked Affleck as Batman. I loved Wonder Woman. I thought she did an excellent job. I thought they told us just enough about her to pique my interest for her origin movie. And you'll be hard-pressed to find someone that can just walk you through Wonder Woman's origin like they can walk you through the pearls falling down the, uh, the sewer or the spaceship landing on the farm in Kansas so I'm curious to see what they're going to do with her. And, and uh, I guess it is, based on what we saw last night when we got home, it's a period piece. They're going 100 years back, as far as I can gather. That uh, Yeah, and from the, the, the few clips we've seen of, of what they've shown um, from her movie, I mean, it, it's obviously uh, gonna, going to be sometime in, in the past. Who, who knows how, how far back, but uh, uh, it, it looks like World War I era is, is probably where they're going to end up. That's what I uh, that's what I kind of gathered too, based on the photograph that we saw. But she tears it up, and she was 
in some of the best parts of the movie. We actually got to see the uh, the lasso, which I didn't think I hadn't seen in any pictures, anything that came before. And the final battle with Doomsday, um, you mentioned it earlier. Batman and Superman would have been fucked without her. Absolutely. That yet, so she was she was kind of integral there. And then, spoiler alert, I mean, Superman's dead. So, <laughs> uh, and I mean, obviously he's not dead. We get a kind of search for Spock at the end. We see Superman's casket, then we see the dirt rising up up top of it, which, of course, I thought Superman might actually be resurrected before the end of the movie. I, I think I was expecting that, too. But the longer it went on, I think the more I was hoping that, that they pushed that in, into the next movie. Um, and uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about what their possibilities are uh, with, with Superman going forward. Uh, because they, you can't kill him off. Uh, I'm glad they did, because I, I think if, if you're going to have Doomsday, Superman's got to die. I mean, I think those, those two things go hand in hand with the, the death of the of Superman storyline. But uh, uh, you certainly have to have your most iconic character in any Justice League movie that's going to be made. So uh, even the uh, the most Ill- ill-informed audience member knew that that death was not a, a, a real death. It was a comic book death. So uh, whether it happened in this movie or, or the next, Superman was coming back. What is that Superman going to look like when he comes back? It's it's probably going to be Cavill, but now the, the fanboy in me is hoping that maybe they play around with uh, some of the aftermath of the death of Superman and, and the the four different versions of, of soups that we see uh, subsequent to him falling to doomsday. Has Cavill been already cast in Justice League? Probably. I mean, and, and this is me not, not even putting any kind of research into, into the, the next JLA movie because I'm going to uh, try and avoid any kind of storyline around that in, as, as much as I can before uh, actually getting to, to see that on the screen in two years. And are you thinking that um, we're going to see Green Lantern in the first JLA movie? Jeff Johns alluded last night on the special that we watched that we would see Green Lantern. He wasn't very specific about when we would see Green Lantern. Well, the the foundation's laid, and I, I think we, we know he's going to, to show up eventually. Is the first movie going to be canon, or are they completely throwing that out the window? Uh, what, which canon? That's the other problem is, yeah, you're exactly right, which canon? I guess it, it doesn't matter because Green Lantern exists in the Flash TV universe. We just haven't seen him yet. Right. And Green Lantern obviously is going to exist in this universe. I I think with uh, um, the way that DC has indicated that they they're trying to play catch up very quickly to Marvel, Marvel just took it to the next level by bringing Spidey in to the MCU. And I think you at least as a filmmaker have to consider giving some kind of uh, something, some whether it's a, a couple of Easter eggs or uh, just a, a you know, uh, an after uh, scene, uh, after credit scene, or no, no post credit sequence, which yeah. both of us were very confused and disappointed by. Yeah, confused and disappointed is is the best way to to sum it up because that's uh, uh, again a Marvel mechanism that I think people have not only come to expect but but enjoy. Uh, it's a, a tool that they use to to tie uh, disparate movies together, um, and and it just seems to work. So. Why not give us something at, at the end of this movie? I mean, you could argue that uh, uh, even if it's another fucking dream sequence, something. <laughs> th- there was already nine we, of them in the movie. We d- what we would did ten not be? Need another dream sequence? That 
that uh, that was one of my gripes with the movie is that uh, especially with the way that the trailers played out with the uh, uh, desert gear Batman versus uh, really pissed off Superman um, popping your your teammates uh, with his heat vision before he steps up and, and rips off your mask. Um, I, I was looking forward to seeing that play out as part of their battle. Turns out it was just a, a freaky dream that, that Batman was having because he, he was pissing his pants a, a bit about how he's going to take down this god. And, I mean, does, the movie opens. I mean, it opens with the origin story, but it opens with a dream sequence with him floating up on the bats. And I, I, I want to say one of his first lines of dialogue is, in the dream, the bats carried me. So lots of lots of bat dreaming yeah. in this movie and bat capping. <laughs> bat dreaming and bat capping. And that, another uh, – I'll go to a criticism. I didn't like the Batmobile chase sequence. I thought it was very poorly shot. And it's – I'm with you. I like Snyder visually about 75% of the time. But the 25% that I don't like him, I hate him. And, okay, he makes choices with the characters. I get it. Just some of the choices he makes with the characters aren't choices that I like. Yeah. I actually liked uh, – I liked Superman a lot in the movie. I liked Superman in this better than I liked him in Man of Steel. I I didn't think anybody acting-wise did a bad job. Really? I, uh, I, I don't know how I feel yet. I'm going to have to see it again before I really can settle on how I feel about uh, his dilemma over what role he's going to play on Earth. Uh, I, I think the whole, like, should I be a hero? Am I even a hero? Is there a Superman? Is that me? Like, I, I think that should have been put to bed at the end of his uh, uh, introductory movie, Man of Steel. And I thought that it was. So the fact that he's still struggling and grappling with that, while it lent well and 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 played out to some extent um, well with uh, some of the storylines that I did enjoy, like the whole uh, Senate subcommittee uh, side storyline, I kind of enjoyed that, and and it it did. Uh, need a, a conflicted Superman, um, but I'm I kind of over it. I, I don't need him to uh, still be dwelling on what place that he serves. He's got a very specific p- purpose, uh, not only on Earth, but in, in the Snyderverse, and uh, he needs to get busy doing it. Uh, maybe now that he's had his ass kicked and uh, and knows uh, both what he's capable and is not capable of, he'll, he'll put the, the whiny shit behind him and move on. And uh yeah, I want to see that Superman, too. I want the more developed Superman. My other big complaint about the movie is we never got the classic banter between – I guess we got a little banter between Clark and Bruce. But we didn't get a lot of, of classic banter between Batman and Superman. And some of their conversations, both in the comics and on Justice League, uh, the cartoon, were phenomenal. Right. And I wanted more of that. And – um they very quickly go from beating the living shit out of each other to the coincidence that they both have mom's name, Martha, <laughs> brings everything together at the end of the movie, and I thought it was too convenient. I, obviously, they can't fight forever. I mean, we knew that going into the movie. I thought the fight scene was, was well, sh- well, well shot, though. I enjoyed it. I, I liked that it, it ended. The end of their conflict was uh, Batman with his literal foot on the throat of Superman, and he had him. He had him dead to rights, and that was the way that that conflict needed to play out. In in my mind, as you know, as a huge fan of of the Dark Knight Returns, Superman needed to know that that he'd lost. And uh, actually, one of my favorite parts, Superman parts in that movie, was his acceptance of that. 
and uh, his, his plea to to Bruce that uh, you know I just I need you to make sure that 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 my mother is is taken care of even after you finish me off, which I which I liked, and uh, of course seeing them team up together. That was another scene though, the saving of the mom where Batman straight up killed. <laughs> yeah, multiple people, especially the dude. I mean, he did. Did he have a choice? I mean, really? No. It, if uh, and and we talked about this a little earlier too, offline. Uh, when when Batman comes in prepared, he's got all kinds of options. Uh, he he can take you down, but uh, he literally left the uh, the Superman fight scene and had ten minutes to to locate and rescue uh, uh, Martha. Uh, and didn't didn't have a whole lot of time to figure out what he was going to do when he got there. He went in, uh, you know, full steam and and did what he needed to do. And even though Batman was killing people in that scene, I think it was my favorite scene in the whole movie. Oh yeah, Jeremy Irons dropping him off on the second floor. I mean, th- it was really well done, and you get to see some of it in the trailer, which I I wish they would have shown us none of it. Right. I wish I hadn't known about that that part at all, and it, I knew it was coming. Because I was like, there's no way that that was just teaser footage. And it comes near the very end of the movie, but the way it's cut in the film, there's a lot of scenes you haven't seen yet, seeing the trailer, but I wish none of it. There was a lot of stuff in the trailer that I wish we hadn't seen. A lot of Eisenberg's dialogue. Right. I wish was a surprise. It's a, it, it must be a tough job editing those trailers, deciding what to include to build the hype and, and what to exclude to deliver on that hype. Um, the, the, they blew their, their one joke. They blew that load in, in the trailer, and uh, that would have been nice to see play, play out on screen. Um, the, the Batman fight sequence, which was very Arkham Knight. Uh, a, lot, a lot of shades of that, I thought, in, in that fight sequence. Um, yeah, it would have been nice to come into the movie with... Uh, very little knowledge, but um, I there was a lot of those same things that had kind of set my mind at ease about how this picture was was going to to be quality wise, um, which I, I think helps put butts in seats. So um, you, you can't begrudge them for it too much, but uh, in retrospect, probably would have done a couple of things differently. I think it was um, I didn't have a problem with the length. I had a problem with the focus. I think they could have focused in a, l- a little bit better, less Lex, a lot less Lex, actually, <laughs> um, and more uh, more Batman. I think you have to get Affleck in the, the suit quicker. I don't think you see him in the suit in the first 30 minutes of the movie. In Dreams, maybe. Yeah. How, how far in was that scene with the, the girls locked up in the, the basement? Where I think he's... that's about 30 minutes in, and that was very uh, Shades of Frank Miller. Right. Which I loved. Which I loved. I mean, they took from a lot of, uh, which all the comic book movies do, but they take from a lot of storylines and just kind of pick and choose what they want. Yeah. For a guy who's dead set on on creating his his own vision of... He takes a lot of other people's (laughs) shit, does he he not? He does. And, you know... And that that's a good th- at the end of the day that's a good thing. You need to have an, uh, enough of the uh, the source material in there, uh, callbacks to things that that you've seen before, uh, to to really know that yeah this this is Batman. But um, some of it's handled well, some of it's not. I didn't so think well. we needed. I mean, I, I'm with you. It only took a minute and a half. We don't need to see Batman's origin anymore, especially if you're not going to bring anything different to the table. There's something he could have. I'm. Obviously, Bruce's parents have to die, but there's something he could have done a little bit differently. But he completely stuck to what I will argue is the Tim Burton 
origin story. Right. I'm going to look that up, though. But I'm pretty sure the first time we see the pearls and all of that is in 1989's Michael Keaton Batman. I have no idea. I'll, I'll take your word for it. And uh, Zorro is definitely from the comics. The, the uh, fact that that's the movie that they're seeing. I have no idea. O- honestly. I, that's, I'm uh, pretty sure the pearls, the first time we see the pearls. going really deep, Eric. Am I really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, deep, deep. What's, what they were seeing that night? Yeah. No, uh, I mean, that's that's one of the most famous origin stories in comics. If I mean, it was first. Uh, you would argue Spider-Man's origin is almost the same. Right. Minus the, you know, change a family member around. Right. So um, I really like the um, the cameo, uh, the Costner cameo. I didn't think I'd see Kevin Costner showing back up as Pa Kent. So. Right. In, an, in yet another dream. In yet another dream sequence, right. Uh, where I at first thought when we saw them in the snow that we were going to actually see the beginnings of the Fortress of Solitude, but they didn't go that direction. Yeah, I don't know that we're going to get a Fortress of Solitude. I, I thought it, uh, the, the ship – that they located in Man of Steel was intended to serve that purpose. That uh, here that was going to be his, yeah, essentially his his place of refuge up north somewhere where there's lots of Kryptonian tech uh, that he can return to for whatever purpose uh, going in, in the future. And uh, Lex figured out that spaceship pretty goddamn quick. Yeah, that uh, right because he went in from. Oh, this is basically a living encyclopedia to I know a secret about Kryptonian genealogy and DNA to be able to manufacture this Where doomsday I can take beast. Human blood. That's that's parts of that didn't make much. I mean, I know it's a comic book movie, but parts of that I didn't like. It was too quick. Wouldn't surprise me at all to see that play out in more complete fashion in in Snyder's uh, extended cut that that we'll get later this year. Which I, I guess probably twenty more minutes is what I would assume. Extra violence, yeah. Maybe Zod's dick. <laughs> Zod's dick and, and, and Lois's nipples, right? Yeah, it's that. As soon as I saw that shot, I was like, "How are they?" Oh, CGI. Everything in this movie CGI, but very provocative bathtub shot with Amy Adams. But yeah, obvi- no nipples. And then when uh, a naked Zod gets pulled out of whatever he was in, no dick. Dickless Sod. Dickless Michael Shannon. Yeah. So I wonder how he feels about that. <laughs> well, maybe they'll uh, cut, cut him back in and in, in that extended cut. Maybe he was looking forward to his his nude scene. He might have been. He might have been. I just saw him recently in um, The Night Before with Seth Rogen. And, I haven't seen uh, it. It's good. It's worth watching. Um, no, but overall, though, I don't think uh, I don't think the thirty-seven percent or thirty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes is is deserved. I can understand why people didn't like the movie, but it's not terrible. Yeah, I want to circle back on uh, on something you said earlier about about Lex in the movie because I think one of the the things that uh, I thought didn't wasn't really obvious and and beat over your head over and over like the the Martha thing was that. Lex was really, he was the main character of this movie. It, it was his story. He was the one that engineered the conflict between Superman and, and Batman. Batman was ready to go. But what reason did Superman have to want to, to engage Batman to begin with? Uh, other than to, to shut him down, but he wouldn't have killed. He wouldn't have come into a fight wanting to be lethal against Batman unless there was a, a reason to do that. So 
Uh, I liked the way the the Lex storyline played out. Uh, I thought the way his character was well used, even if I didn't necessarily agree with the, the portrayal all of the time. And uh, it, it felt natural and it, it, it felt uh, right in this movie that it, uh, it was his machinations that led ultimately to that, that conflict, which was ultimately what we were there to see. And um, to that extent, um, I think that those ratings on Rotten Tomatoes really just reflect a, a lack of understanding by most audience members of, of what was really going on in this movie because the the few reviews I have read have uh, basically said well this is just this rambling storyline and it's terrible I didn't think so I think if you paid attention and you you picked on up on uh, some some very well done subtext that it it was cohesive and and it all made sense it it was a little dull uh, and it took too long to and get to the, the good shit yeah and and when we say the three jokes in the whole movie, right? Which, as you pointed out, was that that was another decision is to keep uh, th- this universe. Um, and I'm not saying I want to see, you know. Meanwhile, in the Hall of Justice, jokey ass Justice League, but a little bit more humor. Yeah. So, in addition to humor, I mean, what are a couple things that would have taken this movie from good to fucking awesome for you? Ah. Batman not capping people, number one. Like, stay, stay a little truer to the character, Zack Snyder. I, you're allowed to do whatever you want. They obviously picked you to direct these movies and to direct Justice League for a reason. Uh, less Lex, um, less Holly Hunter. I mean, I guess <laughs> I, I know they needed to have that Senate scene, but I wanted more of Lois and Clark at home. Yeah. Hit me over the head with that. I didn't need five minutes of explanation like, oh, their mothers do have the same names at the end of the movie. Give me more of uh, – give me more Clark at home and give me less of stupid Clark. You're telling me Clark, who is also Superman – now, granted, he's playing a character, doesn't know who the most powerful billionaire across the bay from his town is and he's a newspaper reporter i don't buy that i don't i don't like that in fact um i didn't like a lot of the stuff at the daily planet i didn't think it needed to be there well remember he's only been a reporter since the end of man of steel is when he took that job and 18 months 18 months so if we're talking a year and a half here it's reasonable that that he doesn't know who bruce wayne is it's unlikely given that uh even Bruce is unsure whether he owns the Daily Planet or not, <laughs> uh, meaning he's got his fingers in, in media and probably all kinds of, of industry that uh, that um, uh, Clark is not only aware of but grew up knowing what what Wayne Enterprises was. Um, but no, they needed um, it needed to have a little bit more spirit to it. I mean, I I didn't expect Superman to die, but I guess he had to. Um, I don't know. I, I just felt like I felt like the narrative could have been a little bit more focused. That being said, though, I enjoyed the shit out of it. I liked it. I'm going to go see it again. Agreed. Yeah. And I, I think it, it, it should have been closer to a, uh, you know, 65, 70 percent Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's what I was expecting when I finally went to, to look at, at the numbers is that it, it, it's all right. I did not expect to see like this movie is a piece of garbage because that movie was not a piece of garbage from a from a long time fan perspective i i got enough of of what i needed from that movie to give it the the thumbs up rather than the other direction i liked it like there's a lot of things i liked about it i think i told you uh, earlier i loved the Batcave. 
Yeah. I love the way that that was done. I think they left a lot of ambiguity around Batman's story. I mean, no explanation for why Wayne Manor was burned. No explanation for the Robin costume. Those were just things that we saw. Right. Again, though, who knows what we're going to get in in the extended cut. Um, So is that uh, leaving room to tell more story later? Or was that story that was meant to be told, they just had to leave it on the cutting room floor for whatever reason? Well, they cut What's-Her-Name, who was supposedly Barbara Gordon, completely out of the movie. Right. So there has to be... um, Jenna Malone. Jenna Malone, yeah. There has to be a story there. Do we want to know that story? And if we do, does it have to be Jenna Malone? I guess it's too late at this point. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of hers either. I mean, she's an okay actor. She would not be my first choice to play Barbara Gordon. Right. I would pick somebody completely different. But, Especially uh, if they plan on using her to, to some extent going forward, which, I mean, Barbara Gordon has a role to, to play in a, in a Justice League movie, possibly. Either as Batgirl or more likely as Oracle. Oracle, right. And bring the Joker in, who... I guess is uh, Suicide Squad is the same universe, correct? Absolutely. Okay. They're, so those are going to be connected, even though DC's not connecting their cinematic universe with their television universe. Uh, that we know of yet. Um, I mean, we've got two different flashes, two flashes. now. I, I can't see them putting um, Supergirl in the, the cinematic universe um, and really uh, – Green Arrow. Yeah. Or Arrow, maybe Arrow, maybe, um, probably not. I don't. But I don't see Arrow either. I don't actually see them doing Arrow at all. Yeah. No, you kind of, uh, you kind of fill that slot with Cyborg, maybe, and Marvel already has Hawkeye. I don't know. I don't see them doing an Archer in the maybe maybe a later Justice League movie. Right. But I'm pretty sure we're getting the seven, are Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Flash, Cyborg, Aquaman, and Green Lantern, correct? Right. And Green Lanterns, I think. Green Lanterns we agree. was a, a plot. Yeah, well, they even said they're going to do a Green Lantern core right. movie. The question is, is I guess we're going to get Hal, we're going to get Kyle, and we're going to get Jon Stewart. And and that's okay. And that's fine with me. <laughs> and I guess all three roles will be recast. I don't see Ryan Reynolds ever playing that role again. He's he's kind of Deadpool now. Yeah, and and that's a good thing. It's a very good thing, and that was a very good movie. Right. Um, I guess we haven't ha- had a chance to talk about that on on air yet. But, no, we uh, haven't. That uh, uh, certainly higher rated on, on Rotten Tomatoes. I want to say that's in the high 70s or, or 80s. Um, and I, I don't know. I would argue that I like the storyline, which is everyone's main gripe with this movie, better in Batman vs. Superman than, than Deadpool. But at the end of the day, Deadpool doesn't need a good storyline. He needs fantastic dialogue and awesome fight scenes, and that's what I got. So, Yeah, Deadpool doesn't, yeah, doesn't need – that movie could have had no plot. Yeah. Anyways, fuck Marvel. Let's get back to DC. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. We'll be talking plenty of Marvel in, in just, uh, just two months here because we get the, uh, the double – we get Civil War at the beginning of May, and we get X-Men at the end of May. Right. We're spoiled. Yeah, and then um, there's not another DC movie this year, correct? And then Doctor Strange is November? Right, yeah. I think uh, if I remember the slate correctly, we only get one DC movie a, a year. Uh, Marvel just has way more irons in the fire right now, and way more studios. I mean, they've, you know, Fox 
uh, and Marvel both doing their thing and being able to drop a film in the same month. DC's not going to be able to do that. But well, and Marvel has Disney. Yeah, and it, that that's probably a good thing because DC's got all of their properties, so uh, they they really need to focus on uh, on on not. Well, first of all, they need to focus on doing one at a time and, and making sure that they're um, staying uh, uh, true to whatever it, big uh, vision they're they're working towards, and uh, and can correct missteps quickly because there's there's going to be a few. I'm pretty sure that this is going to be regarded as as one of them, but uh, I, I will say that I think one of the best well handled elements of Batman versus Superman is that they took the criticism of Man of Steel and they made it part of this movie and they did it really well. That's one of the things I really liked is how the movie opens and how they completely tie it in to, to I guess, yeah, what everybody complained about with Man of Steel and was also addressed in Age of Ultron. There was a lot of focus on that last battle in Age of Ultron about make sure you get the people on the fucking ship. The people from the city that's dying, get them on this ship right, right now. <laughs> so, and I, that, I think that definitely, I think both of those were reactions to Man of Steel and people's complaints that, yeah, I guess we never thought about it before, but if two guys like that duked it out in the middle of the city, a lot of people would die. But in this one, way more people, unless all of those buildings at Doomsday was just completely nuking. <laughs> Way more people died in this. Yeah, and shit. Batman killed fifty of them. And uh, uh, and uh, Snyder blew up the the haters. I mean, that's what that scene uh, in the in the Senate hearing was. Was that's what that's what Holly Hunter and the the democracy that she kept preaching represented was the fans' voice. And they they heard it, they uh, deliberated it, and then he blew the fuck out of it and said that was Zack Snyder saying. All right, democracy. Fuck you. I'm I'm doing this my way. Just just torch y'all, and I I like that because even if he's right or wrong, his way of taking that reaction and, and putting it into a movie, uh, in in a decent storyline and and being able to give everyone the middle finger that way felt uh, felt kind of awesome. No, and he's definitely made it very clear that this is his universe. This is the way he's doing things, and I guess what do we have? Two more years until we see. Justice League is that our next DC film? Our next D- DC oh, no, Wonder is Woman. Wonder Woman, right? Which will be next year, correct? 2017 JLA Part One, 2018, and then we get. Uh, uh, I think we get Aquaman next, don't we? I'm not sure. I think so, though. And that would be a good character to do. Yeah, we. I think we know that they're on the right track with with Wonder Woman. Um, I, I think the we didn't see much of Aquaman in the movie. You did get to see more of him, I would argue, than the other characters besides Wonder Woman. You saw more Aquaman than we did of Flash, yeah, or of Cyborg. Well, I don't know. And Cyborg's uh, kind of origin there with Miles Dyson from Terminator Two was kind of odd. I I thought so too. I thought that felt um, it felt very horror movie to me. Yeah, and. Uh, Granted, they were watching clips on a on a laptop, but um, the the style seemed uh, really disparate with with everything else that we've seen. That that pulsing orb of metal uh, and and the the way that the the video is cutting in and out just it seemed uh, like you know the, these bullshit half-assed movies like uh, uh, what was that one called with the kids that got the powers? Was it Chronicle? I've never seen that. Is it worth watching? No, at at all. Uh, I I. 
don't think you would enjoy it. No. Hey, but, I, I trust you. You know what I enjoy. That that just it, that that story, the the visual effects and the the characters and his kind of over the top. I mean, it looked like a video game cutscene is what it reminded me of, and the the acting and the the visuals just it, that seemed really far removed from what we've seen now in in Man of Steel and, and Batman versus Superman. Everything else looked fine. I I was a little. Uh, I thought the Aquaman scene seemed a little fishy. <laughs> because he's he's floating there with this confused look on his face for a while before he, he takes off. And um, uh, Aquaman looks great. I love the, the visual aspect of, of Jason Momoa uh, in that part. Um, but uh, I'm thinking he... Are you mad they didn't go with the, the hook hand? You know, or just a, you know, a, a right cross, I think would I would have been fine with. But I, I think he pokes out a camera with his trident and then yeah, it's almost like off. a bad nature video. Yeah, He's like, and exactly. Down here we have Aquaman. <laughs> you know, I Observing don't know Aquaman <laughs> in his native environment. Nothing and Flash was kind of weird too. It was just him stopping a convenience store robbery. Yeah, I'm gonna let you have a minute to talk about Flash because I I know that uh, you've got some very specific things to say. I'm not happy. I'm not happy that they're recasting Flash. I think. That as dark as Slander's universe is, it could fit with maybe not Arrow, but it could fit with the Flash universe. And I know that those two shows cross over. I don't know why you can't use Grant Gustin or Gustin, except for the fact that maybe he's maybe that universe is too too happy. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of bad shit that happens on Flash, but overall, I. I like the universe that they've painted on Flash better than the universe I've seen Snyder paint, only because, I mean, in the first season, you get to see Gorilla Grodd. You get to see enemies and, and things that happen in the DC universe I never thought I would ever see on screen before. And I think they're going a little bit deeper with it. Now, granted, Snyder has to, uh, he had to introduce Batman in this movie. Do I like the Batman he introduced? Besides killing people? Yeah. Affleck was awesome, but I don't know if I'm going to like the Flash and how he brings that in here. And we're not going to get a Flash origin movie until, what, we're 46 years old? So at that point, wouldn't the show – the show probably will have run its course by then. It, that's, that's a possibility. Superhero so, shows normally don't – I mean, what, eight years? You think you would have had as big a problem with Ezra Miller if the there was no Flash TV series, if you'd never seen that before? I don't think I'd have a problem with him at all. Right. Um, and, and I think that's – so you acknowledge it, that you're, you're probably being a little biased because there's a great flash that they could use right now, and I get that. But they've already delved into the multiverse uh, from what you tell me. I'm still only six or seven episodes in, and I haven't, haven't seen shades of that yet. But uh, maybe that's why the decision was made that they couldn't use that flash is because there is not going to be a, a, an Earth 2, for example, in the, the DC cinematic universe. and. They've, just, they've opened a lot of doors uh, in Flash, and, and that's a good thing because it's working for them. may not work as well with the, the rest of the, the Justice League members and the individual storylines. So you once think you they've gone too far on Flash already? I, I think they're so far removed from uh, the direction. And it, once, once you open all those doors, you actually start to limit yourself because then you have to take into account, well, we can't do this storyline because – we already know that there's an Earth 2 out there. This character's doing this thing, and uh, it, it becomes very restrictive. So I think rather than 
deal with those restrictions. They just made the decision that nah, we're going to have a, a different Flash, and he's going to exist in the in the cinema, and we'll let the TV keep doing their thing and uh, really building hype uh, effectively for for other DC properties. I'm hoping that um, I like that Snyder's doing Justice League. I hope, like with Wonder Woman, the individual DC movies, including Batman, are directed by somebody else. Right. Well, I think Affleck is is pretty much going to be I can't wait to, to see direct produce and act a Batfleck directed Batman movie I liked I liked him a lot and you know he can still have that same Batman but he can do his own story right and I the movies I've seen that Affleck has directed have been phenomenal right if it's part Argo and and part town and uh part Batman that that sounds like something I, I want to see and you know he'll probably get uh, Chris Terrio. They seem it seems like that's his writer, right? And I'm sure he'll write as well. Hell, maybe we'll get a maybe he'll make up with Kevin Smith, and we'll get a little bit of input from him because <laughs> yeah, you know people can criticize Kevin all they want, but I think he's done a lot of really good Batman stories. Sure, um, I'm 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 excited for the the future of DC. Again, I'm not going to let the bad reviews put me off. I think they laid. A good groundwork, uh, besides the fact that Batman's so old, too. And I guess we've established now the Waynes died in 1981. That right. is shown on screen. Actually, it's beaten into your head on screen <laughs> multiple times. But so this – and I guess, Doug, you and I assume this takes place in 2016, right? 20, I, 2015 maybe? I, yeah, Present present day. Present day. I, I don't think we have uh, – we didn't see anything to indicate otherwise, so I think we're left to assume that that's happening right now. Okay. No, I, think, I think they've done a good job. I think we are going to see – and I, I pretty much assumed we'd see bald Lex in this. I didn't necessarily like the way they did it. Yeah. I was hoping that something would happen as a uh, a, a backlash or whatever from Doomsday. That would make Luther bald, and he'd be like, fuck. Well, you can argue that his head being shaved in prison is backlash for— From Doomsday. Yeah. And they didn't really explain how Luther went from standing on top of that building to, you know, to arrested, correct? Right. I don't think Superman—Superman Superman confronts him, but does, doesn't he have to leave? He—let's uh, see. What, what does happen at that point? He goes back for Lex. Lex six doomsday on him, and then he dies. So yeah, there there is no uh, so apprehension. Would you of have Luther. to assume that that Batman took down Lex? That was my assumption, um, especially since we see another dream sequence. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, or was it? Tell me, do you dream? Yeah, you, you will. will. <laughs> um, was that a dream sequence at the end of the movie or not? Which one? Lex in the cell when all the lights turn off, the guards oh. disappear, Batman shows up with the, the brand. The brand, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Batman straight marking people to get killed Jared style in prison. It's fun. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You mean deservedly? I, uh, well, and see, I have no problem with that Batman. It's... It, it's funny, Eric. I didn't even consider the possibility that it was a dream until you mentioned it just now. Was that your interpretation? Is that that it was a, a dream because Batman was able to stroll in and out of a, a prison with very little effort? And the way that the sequence ended with uh, kind of a crazy, more Riddler Joker than I think Luther should be. Yeah. I'm, I'm with your kid talking to Colin earlier. I want a smart genius. I want Rosenbaum from Smallville 
as my Luther. Yeah. Not the actor necessarily, even though he was phenomenal. Probably couldn't play the role now. I I still think they should have gone with Brian Cranston. I think he would have done a really good job. You know he's a good actor. Nothing against Eisenberg. You know that Cranston's a good actor, and you know he can play a pretty effective bald dude. Right. But maybe he's too obvious of a choice for Snyder. Snyder seems to not take the – I mean, Affleck definitely was not a popular choice for Bruce Wayne or Batman, and I think he nailed both. Yeah. I had no idea who Henry Cavill was. I think Amy Adams is kind of a non-traditional choice for Lois. I would say non-traditional is a good w- way to describe that. I, actually, I think uh, I think Gal Gadot wasn't my first choice for Wonder Woman. So across the board, casting decisions, which on the whole have turned out to be spot on. So you got to think that there's a, a plan to use a, a young Luther for was a reason. Stellar. Yeah. As, oh uh, yeah. Alfred. Right. And yeah, no, and I didn't, again, when I first saw Eisenberg in the trailers, I was cringing. I was like, oh, no, no, don't fuck this movie up. Come on. <laughs> like, this should be, you should be able to knock this out of the park. But you know what? They cast who I at the time thought was a great Luther and Kevin Spacey, and that movie sucked. Right. Yeah. And Spacey half-assed it and was still the best part of that movie, and he didn't even seem really interested in being there. I mean, really you think, hey, we there. need to cast a villain. <laughs> Would he? Would Spacey not be number one or number two on your list after sure. seven? Sure. Or House of Cards, or um, sh- fucking Kaiser Soze. Another spoiler if you haven't seen a movie that came out twenty fucking years ago. <laughs> but uh, Eisenberg never would be my first choice to play a. Eisenberg wouldn't be my fiftieth choice to play a villain. And like I said, from from my perspective, this this movie was the story of of Lex Luthor and uh, I agree and the shit you. that he gets up to. So. Yeah, why not make it as as strong as possible? Even if it's a, it's a a more obvious choice that's less likely to you know for you to forget and who the actor is and just focus on on the character. Um, I, I'm just gonna write it off as you know there's something that they're planning on using him in some fashion where having a, a younger Lex Luthor is essential and that they thought ahead. Uh, and because that's I, why I think uh, I think Jared Leto is older. But he could play opposite a young Luther too. Sure. So maybe I don't know. Maybe it's opposite Gotham. Maybe all the villains are going to be young, yeah. <laughs> and the superheroes are going to be old and or older. I guess Clark's age has not been determined. I've only seen Man of Steel once with you, right? But they don't really get into that, do they? I mean, does Superman have an age? Uh, he gets older. He's older in he Dark Knight Returns. Ab- absolutely, does age. He ages. Right. Okay. Um, and but probably slower than Bruce would age. Yeah. Well, and age is probably not even a big factor for Superman. Although, who knows? We'll we'll see. Now I'm curious. Um, since you pointed out the date thing, that the 1981 thing, is if there was anything specific in Man of Steel that that tied that to a specific date. Uh, typically, you know, you you try and avoid dating your movies, but um. That they've they've got no choice but to stick to a, a continuity at, at this point, just by virtue of the the death of the the Waynes. Um, I'm gonna have to go back and watch Man of Steel again now and see if that gives any indication as to what what age Superman is. Well, before we uh, before we watch that, we're gonna have to watch the uh, the Go Go Boys at some time today because we technically double featured it yesterday, dude. We were champions. That that's true. 
We, uh, I didn't think you were going to make it through uh, the end of Electric Boogaloo because I almost did, and I almost fell asleep on your couch. But I, I was fading, and uh, I rallied. <laughs> you, d- you did rally. You did rally. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, – I know we haven't seen them all, but according to me and you, and we'll go to the internet after this and confirm, pretty sure we saw Dark Side symbol in one of the 17 dream sequences on the ground – I don't know the names of the the bat-like creatures that were attacking uh, Bruce. Nor do I. But I'm pretty sure they're from Apocalypse, Apocalypse. where Darkseid comes from. We also heard uh, Major Ferris mentioned. Um, Just like in Man of Steel. And then your boys mentioned something that I didn't catch either. So I'm sure we missed a lot. Oh, yeah. So I I can't wait to get back and and watch it with – a little more scrutiny rather than just sitting um, and enjoying it as a fan the, the first time through. Um, it's a good question, though. So we know that the Flash was in a – was it a dream sequence? I think you have to assume once the Flash becomes part of it that it, it may be – I mean, he was telling Bruce uh, – Bring us together. I, I don't think that's – Lois his, is the key is what he was Lois saying. Lois is the key, Focus right. on Lois, and that's how he figured out who, who Superman was, and um, that – you have to interpret that as some kind of message from Flash from the future reaching back and, and giving Batman a, a hand to, to engineer events or steer them in a specific direction. And Lois is the key. Don't let that bitch throw anything away. And, and why the fuck would Batman be dreaming about uh, Apocalypse or Darkseid or things that he couldn't possibly have knowledge of? So are they dreams or are they visions uh, of, of things to, to come? And if they are if that's part of the storyline at some point, what is it that's giving Bruce Wayne visions of the, you know, the Omega symbol that, that represents Darkseid? I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious to see. And, and again, uh, I'll look up stuff and we'll talk about it on our next episode because everything, I guess nothing's been confirmed. We're just basing this off one screening that we saw last night. Right. So it's little things like that, that I, I start to get uh, excited about though. Cause it's uh that's definitely setting something up. Um, Batman's not going to dream about a, an apocalypse character that he has no idea exists yet. Well, and I think they were smart in upping the stakes with Doomsday in this movie because you have to. You can't have a Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and four other superpowered characters. They have to have something to fight. Right. Something that's going to be challenging. Right. Even though Batman, I mean, pretty much should have died in that Doomsday fight. <laughs> and was one of the reasons that, that they were able to take him down. I, it, it, uh, it actually wasn't handled all that wonderfully. I thought it was a little obvious, the, the direction they took with like, well, now we have to have Batman do something because Wonder Woman's holding him down. Batman gets the shot of the uh, the, the yeah the canister in, and then uh, Superman finishes him off with the the spear. But um, at at the same time, the spear that Batman made. Right. Well, that's that's a good point too. And uh, for a guy that used a shitload of guns, I didn't expect him to make a spear, but I guess he had those kryptonite gas grenades, which were very effective. Right. Those are the reason he was able to get Superman down. Um, Lo- loved that sequence of the the chain around the foot and him uh, swinging soups around and knocking pillars down and then ending with the literal and figurative foot on the throat. I thought it was great. I liked it too. I liked the armor that he wore in that scene. Very Dark Knight. Um, I liked how they did, and they didn't really dwell on it, but uh, there was no Christian Bale, um, where is he, bat voice. They did it with a modulator, which I think is very smart. Right. 
Um, and it wasn't really explained. You see uh, Alfred way more as the as the Oracle yeah. and as also as the Lucius Fox. Yeah, but all three rolled into one. You're you're he right. He was very Lucius Fox. I mean, every time I think you went back to the Batcave, Alfred was working on something. And then Alfred was obviously in Bruce's ear the right. entire movie. Yeah. So he runs his tech. He runs point on his missions. And he wipes his ass. I mean, what more could you ask for in a gentleman's gentleman? And berates him for never getting married. I mean, he's uh... – <laughs> now, who did we see in bed with Bruce? Because I looked around that scene for any sort of clues. Is that Silver St. Cloud? You do see him wake up with a woman. Yeah. And, and not Wonder Woman. And throw back another shot of wine to start the day. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, um, I, I didn't. I don't recognize the actor or any. I didn't either. Didn't get any hints about a character. And maybe that was just there to imply that yes, this is billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne has yeah. not changed one bit. Good. But I think that could have been Talia, that could have been Silver Saint Cloud, that could have been Vicky Vale, that could have been a lot of people. I don't even remember her face at, at this point. I don't think you see her face. I was looking around on the ground for, like, shoes or could I recognize any underwear or I, I couldn't see Damn, anything. Damn, you were paying attention. I was. I, I, You know I like that shit, though. I was coming into that movie with something because you knew there were going to be Easter eggs. <laughs> the sad thing is in that scene I was like, what, what, what brand of wine is that? I wonder if that's good. Um, I probably couldn't afford it if it's something that Bruce Wayne drinks. but <laughs> Yeah, or something that his, his parents left, left in the him. wine cellar, right. And that was the other thing, too. Um, I don't think you were put off by this. I was, though. I didn't like seeing Anderson Cooper and what's her fucking name? Nancy Grace and, like, playing themselves. Bring those people in, but make them characters in the DC universe. I never saw it, I guess. But I guess DC had the whole thing with the president that wasn't Reagan. And I just wasn't used to that. I think uh... that's more of a Marvel thing, is it not? Because... Gotham and Metropolis are fictional. Granted, Marvel's New York is fictional too, but it's New York. It's Manhattan. Right. The X-Men are from upstate New York. Well, the good the good thing is is that even if um, you know, say 50 years from now you don't know who Anderson Cooper is, it doesn't matter because he still serves that that function to to deliver those lines as a newscaster even if it's not a newscaster you recognize. So yeah, it didn't didn't put me off. Um, it does uh, does ground the film a little bit more now for fans that are watching the movie today. It lends some element of, of realism, but I think it was throwaway. I mean, it, I could take it or leave it. So, kind of uh, as we're wrapping up here, final thoughts. I think we both, I think we both enjoyed the movie. I'll pay money to see it again, and I haven't been able to say that about. Uh, I think I'm actually taking uh, taking Jake tomorrow. Nice. So I'll be curious to see what he thinks, but he liked the Fantastic Four movie, so I think he likes everything. I mean, he liked, <laughs> he liked Amazing Spider-Man 2. Ah, uh, the joys of being young. Oh, I, I know, and I, uh, I can't wait to talk to him about a lot of this stuff when he's older. Yeah. When I can give him some perspective, because I think that was one of the greatest things about rediscovering cinema when I was in college, was going back to watch movies that I watched when I was a kid and you watch them through completely different eyes. Right. Just like had you and I seen this movie last night when we were in fifth grade, I, I don't think we would be complaining about a thing. Um, or, or would we have liked it? Because 
that movie's going to challenge uh, children's attention through the the first hour and a half in particular, and the they're not going to give a shit about any of the subtext or or whatnot. I I don't see this as a as a kids movie at all. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if if Jake told you yeah you know that that was alright. I liked it when they fight, fought at the end and Doomsday showed up, but I didn't really know what was going on the rest of the time. You know, I'll, I'll talk to him about it. Uh, he's a pretty he's a pretty deep little kid after we watched ferris bueller's day off uh his first question to me was uh why did cameron's parents hate him (laughs) and i was like wow buddy you completely you watch a different you watch a different movie than i do but of course that movie to me is when you've seen something 50 times yeah it i i watch you know i watch it for certain moments did what was your answer to that question just out of curiosity oh my gosh i did answer him i can't remember what i said though but uh I guess I think I focused on that Cameron's parents were more about making money than they were about having a family. Cameron was just something that, I mean, it's never mentioned that Cameron has any siblings, so you would assume Cameron's an only child, right? right? You would assume that he is just like that car. They have him because to have status in life, we have to have a Ferrari. We have to have a house out in the woods. We have to have a son. We ha- <laughs> and, you know, And I think – I don't think Cameron, and I think this is alluded to in the movie – is actually ever sick. I think he pretends to be sick because his life is so fucking miserable. Right. And his folks are, are never home. So rather than go to school, he stays home all the time. And, and Ferris is the only one that brings him out of that funk. God, we could do a whole episode about <laughs> my theories on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But, Sorry uh, to sidetrack you. No, hey, that's uh, it wouldn't be an episode of Bitface if we didn't get a little sidetracked. Um, well, yeah, no, I, I think if you're a fan of the characters – and God, if you listen to this whole episode, <laughs> the movie's already been ruined for you. So uh, go out and go go out and see it. I, I I liked it, and I'm looking forward to see where I don't agree with all his choices. I think Zack Snyder has a very unique take on the DC universe. I don't think this movie is going to tank DC's plans. Oh no, going forward for that universe, I it think did enough. I think that's pretty much set in stone, and I think. Getting a female perspective on the next chapter we'll actually see is going to be very important for the future of DC Cinema. I'm very excited. Uh, what we saw last night, uh, the couple clips I saw of Wonder Woman look amazing. Right. Yeah. She, she's coming in. She looks good. Uh, I, I like the acting. I like the casting. Uh, I like the costume, which I wasn't sure if I was going to. And uh, I did like the costume a lot. And, and she kicks some ass. Um, she, she was uh, – she was the the brightest part of the the ending of that movie, and um, the the stage is set for for good things. That DC's actually going to get to market first with a a female led superhero movie, and I think that's a, a good win to have un, under their belt. That will help. Which is surprising because I think we could have done a Black Widow movie. Sure, e- easily by now. I mean, I guess they did. It was called Lucy, and it kind of sucked, but. Uh... <laughs> It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't Black Widow, and I guess we got um, we got Jessica Jones. Which, if you would have told me pick fifty Marvel characters, who are they going to make a series about? I never would have picked her. Oh God, I wouldn't have either. But I love Jessica Jones. I love. I still it more need to Daredevil. finish it. I still need to finish it, and uh, I guess we both need to finish Daredevil season two. But we kind of touched on it talking this weekend. I really like um, the Punisher. I really like the actor. I really like. I think. I mean, it's. It's not easy, or I should say it is easy, to beat 
the Punisher versions we've already seen, Dolph Lundgren, Thomas Jane, and right. I can't remember who was in Punisher Warzone, but he was the best out of those three. I haven't even seen it. It's not horrible. Have you seen the Thomas Jane Punisher? I, I have. I didn't think that was that horrible either until I watched no. it the second time. It was okay. Oh, really? <laughs> didn't hold up to the second viewing? It doesn't really. And the Dolph Lundgren Punisher, I mean, he doesn't even have the skull. No, that's uh, – and you have to have the skull. And I think we're going to get the skull with the uh, Oh, the, I've the seen Castle it. I saw it in the trailer yeah. last night. And uh, I think that Punisher movie, I want to say that might be a canon film. I think Is that, it? <laughs> we need to we need to look with that Dolph? up. I think for a while, Canon owned minimally what we saw in the documentary last night. They had the rights to Captain America and Spider Man because they flashed those posters. Right. So I I think the Dolph. I mean, think about it. It's Dolph. Obviously, he worked with Canon as um, Adam Prince of Eternia. So right. I don't know. We'll have to look that up. But uh, avoid that Punisher movie and avoid the first Captain America movie <laughs> at all costs. The Roger Corman Fantastic Four is worth watching only for a strictly, you know, Miami Connection camp value. But no, God, if it, can you imagine if Canon still had the rights to to Marvel movies where we would be now? Uh, it might not be all bad. They uh, Michael Dudikoff as the Winter Soldier. Perhaps um, you know, fast forward twenty, thirty years later, they've learned some lessons. Have gotten really good just by virtue of being prolific and working through every mistake there is possible to make in a movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I just, I, I mean, wouldn't it be interesting too if um, Favreau directed Man of Steel and not Iron Man? Yeah. Ooh. Now you're now you are talking about Earth Two. <laughs> right, but I mean, just just think. I mean, you have to. I I would argue that the Marvel universe now is Favreau, Kevin Feige, and Whedon. Sure. And then now the Russo brothers. Well, and uh, and see, I the Russo brothers would have no problem um, directing a, a DC movie. I don't think so they, either. They bring the uh, the edge. Uh, Favreau is a little more lighthearted, and I don't know that that he would have succeeded with a, a DC property because. Uh, part of what um, what made the first Iron Man movie in particular so great was <coughs> the, me. no problem. We'll edit it out. Okay. Um, <laughs> was their ability to uh, to keep things light and and fun? Um, obviously, another criticism that people have about the the DC is that it's just not as fun. Well, it, it's it's clear that it's not meant to be at, at this point. It, it's supposed to be uh, gritty and it's supposed to to make you think. And if I if I had to again um respond to the the criticism criticism of the movie it's because uh people aren't willing to lend enough brain power to a, a comic book movie and, and they absolutely need to in order to fully enjoy batman versus superman i agree with you and i think that's a i think that's a great place to uh to wrap anyway uh across the table from me hope you enjoyed his words of wisdom uh doug lund to my left invisible Run TRG, Tyler Glaze. You know, actually, Tyler said almost as much today as he does in a normal episode, so I, th I think we're doing pretty good there. And you managed to dig on him, so that uh... – and I, and I did. And you know what? When he listens to this, which I'm sure he will, he'll be very, he'll be very happy that we kept the, uh, the tradition alive there. And uh, Tyler will be back next week uh, in some form or fashion to give his opinion about Batman versus Superman because I'm pretty sure he has seen it today. Oh, or, really? Or certainly this weekend. In the last episode, he'd for forsworn – uh, seen the movie until the, the R-rated version was out. Did you talk him into it? 
I think he pretty much accepted the fact by the end of that episode he was going to go, right? I mean, he's he's a DC fanboy right. just like you are. Well, in that event, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing his his opinions on it as well. You know, if he's uh, if he hasn't seen it tomorrow, and Jake and I go, I'll certainly invite him to go with us because yeah, I'm and I don't think he's gonna like it. No, he didn't like the Force Awakens as much as you and I did, and had a lot of issues with that. I see him, and he wasn't a big fan of Man of Steel. I see him having the same issues with Batman that I did, but that'll kill his. Uh, That'll kill his perception. Deal of the movie. breaker. We'll see. We'll yeah. see if I'm if I'm right. Right on. So Tyler, you'll see the movie before you listen to this. So we'll talk about that next episode. Anyway, um, from the Bit Cave on the road this week, talking about Batman versus Superman. Figured we'd get this episode out, so it's here and timely for you guys. Uh, you can always follow us on Facebook. Of course, check out Bitfaced on Twitter. Subscribe through iTunes. Check out our uh, our brother podcast, Nerd Cube. We love them a lot. And, of course, our friends at Strip Club Massacre, they still need your help on Indiegogo. Get a prop. Get something from the movie. You know that Strip Club Massacre is going to be excellent. Anyway, I am Eric G. Hollis, and from the Bit Cave, we are out.